Hello and welcome to another episode of Fight on Montana. I am your host, Adam Healy. Before we get to our episode today, I would just like to let the listener know to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast at. That tremendously helps us out. Uh, Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast at. You can find our podcast pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts at. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at Fight on Montana. You can find us on Instagram at Fight on Montana and our Facebook page as well at Fight on Montana as well. So let's not skip a beat. Let's get into our episode today. We have the great, great, great pleasure in having former Grizz running back who played for the St. Louis Rams and that Los Angeles Rams now, none other than Chase Reynolds. Hey, Chase, I have to thank you for coming on and uh, just spending some time with me and answering questions. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm glad I can finally connect with you and get on it. Yeah. So what are you up to these days? Oh, so I'm living in Missoula. Uh, I'm right now I'm doing real estate and development. Um, started an excavation business that I've been kind of running out of the, my time that I got. Um, but mostly just been selling real estate. My wife and I partnered up and, and are running a team. Been doing that for a little over two years now. Um, it's awesome. been, it's been great. Yeah. It's been great to be back in Missoula and, and be able to, come back here and raise our kids. Awesome. So what did you like most about your playing time at the university of Montana? You know, looking back, I think the, the, what I liked most about it was just the camaraderie with the team. Um, you know, obviously we had a couple of years there where we had some, some good runs and good times, you know, I got to play in a couple of special games. So, um, you know, I think just the, the fact that you, you find long-term friends, in such a a community that's as small as Missoula, um, you know, their friendships that you, that you have forever. Yeah, definitely. So being second in rushing all time, has that sunk in? You know, sometimes I think, you know, I look back and, and look at all the great players that ever came out of there and, you know, to put me up there with, you know, to be second in rushing, obviously it's, it's a huge, um, positive to my o-line that was there i mean just our team in general obviously i was the guy that got most of the credit but you know none of that's possible without those guys up front yeah definitely so i have to ask this but it how hard is it knowing you know you're you're four yards away from from being number one on the rushing rushing all-time list do you think about that has that ever gone through your mind Oh, you know, I get that question quite a few times. And, you know, it's, it's yeah, I mean, it's tough. You look back and go, gosh, you were so close. But, you know, the way I look at it is, you know, I I, I felt like I ran as hard as I could every time I could. Um, yeah. So when I really look back and go, was there anything I could have done different? I, I, I don't – That the question that I ask myself, the answer to that is no. So, you know, obviously it's – you know, it'd be, it'd be really nice to be a cherry on top to, to be able to say you're the number one rushing guy to come ever, ever come out of there. But, you know, when I, when I look at the overall aspect and go, you know, what, what could I have done different? You know, it's different when you, if you, you know, it was a game or two or, or, you know, you just didn't work as hard as you could, but I, I felt like I gave it everything I had and, you know, just that's the way life goes sometimes and you come up short, but 
you just got to keep moving forward. Yeah, exactly. So what is it like to play in a, a Grizz Cat game? It's great. I'll tell you, there's there's not another rivalry uh, that I ever came close to playing in that was, I guess, as, um, gosh, I don't even know the word, but just intense, I guess. Um, you know, I really didn't understand that until I got to the university. Um, was a couple years in, and it was actually my sophomore year when I really felt like I was part of the rivalry. Um, and it's just, a, you know, I, I look back now, and, and I'm friends with a lot of those guys that played. I played with a couple of them uh, from Montana State. I played with a couple of the pros. and uh, But at the time, I mean, that's that's what this state lives for. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's cool to be a part of. And it's it's a, it's an intense rivalry. Um, you know, I, like I said, it's, I think it, it's up there with probably the top ones in the nation. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So do you have a favorite uniform combo that you guys got to wear or you got to wear in your, your career? You know, I'd probably say the 2008 Grizz cat game, uh, just that old copper and gold, you know, I think just the whole situation around it and being, you know, coming out, you know, after warmups and stuff like that, it was, it's pretty neat to be able to uh, put on a Jersey that was worn for so long and, and kind of be able to play in it. And um, so I, I think that that combination to me, even though I think the colors are pretty ugly to be honest with you, but <laughs> I think, I think the overall, you know, just looking back at it was, it was a pretty cool time. Yeah, they're not they're not like a a color that probably people would pick today. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to wear it every time. No, no, but just the you know, how old and that, the the way that it goes back and the history on it. Yeah, yeah it's pretty yeah, cool. So. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> do you say do you and and I, and you kind of went over this? Do you have any re- regrets? You know, it's kind of hard to have regrets, like you said. You know, putting yourself. And, and working so hard that you have, you, you just hope to just do your best and not have any regrets. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it depends on who you are sometimes. And I mean, I got friends that look back and go, gosh, if I'd have just, if I'd have worked a little harder, you know, if I'd have given a little more, um, you know, I, I would say if I ever had a regret, it would just be not winning the, the second national championship. I think we really had an opportunity to win that. And I think if anything haunts me as much as, something could that walking away from that Villanova game, you know, not a, not a champion is probably the toughest thing for me to look back on. Yeah. Yeah. So I was at the uh, semifinal 2009 game against app state and you ran oh, yeah. for hundred, 193 yards. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? Or what do you, what do you feel is your best uh, game in your career? Oh, uh, that's up there. Um, gosh, put me on the spot. That's a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I start, I start forgetting. Um, <laughs> gosh, you know, when I when I look back, I mean, that 2008 game versus the versus the Cats, I felt like it was yeah. just a there was it wasn't really that good of a game for me, but I think there were some runs in there that were really good. The James Madison game kind of comes into mind. Um, you know, just was with the, the passing and running game that I was involved in. Um, there was a Portland State game, and I think it was when I was a sophomore. I was kind of 
up and coming and trying to win that, you know, trying to secure that spot. Um, and I think that game to me was, was really, I thought I had a really good game and it was in my younger days. So it, it kind of sticks out to me, maybe a <laughs> turning point to, you know, where I had kind of sealed the job a little bit more, but um, yeah, I mean, just gosh, it's hard to, it's hard to pick out a game. Yeah. How hard is that, you know, to kind of like, you know, kind of like what you said, kind of sealing up a position, you know, when you're, you know, when you're, you know, battling and for a position spot, is that stressful? Like what kind of things do you guys go through? I know that it probably doesn't get talked too much with, you know, your, your teammates and stuff because you guys are professional and stuff, but it, is that hard? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a day to grind. Obviously you show up and you try to, you know, it's what you're there for. You're there to, to be a starter. Um, and it, it is tough. You know, I, I don't know if you followed my career when I was really trying to get started, but I, I, yeah. I started my first game at Cal Poly. Um, and, and, and I had the worst game of my life. I mean, <clears throat> it was my first game as a, as a starter. It was the first game of the year. Um, I went out and I just completely had a game that couldn't have been any worse um, other than I didn't fumble the ball. But anyways, <laughs> I lost my, st- I lost my starting job after that game. And, you know, that was as a young kid coming out, getting an opportunity to come in and start, you know, that was frustrating, but I just looked at it and went, gosh, you know, what, what could I have done different? So I, I just kept working hard and, and I got another opportunity to, you know, I think it was Andrew Schmidt was ended up winning the starting position for the next one or two games. And we kind of rotated back and forth, back and forth. And, and he ended up getting hurt a little bit and I had an opportunity to, to go in and I just remember thinking, man, if I ever get a second chance, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to give it everything I got. And that was my second chance. And it was really, you know, it was perfect timing. And I think I went out and scored three touchdowns that game and kind of solidified that, that I could be a starter after my disastrous first game. Um, but it's, you know, I, we battled the whole year and, you know, I obviously ended up being the starting running back for the next couple of years, but it is, it's a professional, you know, the guys understand. I mean, we're there to to compete, and ultimately, we're there to put the best eleven guys on the field. And you know, if if you're one of those, it's again, it's. I mean, Bobby Houck did such a great job of of making it about the team. And so that wasn't. I mean, we weren't selfish guys, and it wasn't. You know, we knew that the best eleven were going to be on the field, and if you weren't that best eleven, then you did whatever else you could to make those those 11, you know, be the best that they could be. So there's always something you could do to improve yourself to help the players and the starters and anybody else. So, I mean, that's the way I always approached it. And that's the way I felt that team was kind of designed. Nice. So while you were at UM, I don't believe you ever wore the uh, 37 Jersey. Did you ever, you know, kind of want to do that or, or it, did that ever come to, uh, was that ever talked about or, or, yeah. I know yeah, 34 so, is your number, but. <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously 37 is, you know, it's a, it's an awesome number. You know, the history here um, is phenomenal. And, and I was asked to, to wear 37. Um, I don't remember what year, I think it was my junior year. Um, they asked me if I wanted it. And obviously I, I declined it. And, you know, I, I was so thankful for the opportunity, but I had just, you know, 34 was kind of my, 
that was my number. I'd been it since I was in junior high and, um, you know, the number means a lot to me. And, and like I said, I, I, I was appreciative, but I, I did decline wearing number 37. So I did have the opportunity and might've been the only time I think it's probably been on offense or it's been a long time <laughs> since it's been on offense, but, um, yeah, I was just, uh, you know, I had to stick with the, with the 34. Nice. So what is your favorite tradition at the UM? Huh? I would just, you know, I think back when we played, it was just the, the tradition of, of winning. I mean, it was yeah. the, you know, the tradition of the, not so much the athlete, but the guy that worked hard. Um, I think that complements our team, you know, twofold. It's just, I, I don't, I don't look back and, at our team and say, gosh, we were so talented. I look back at our team and say, I've never seen that many people in a room work so hard towards a goal, you know, and, and, and not to say that the guys weren't talented, but um, I, I think we by far outworked anybody that we ever played, um, you know, that that was more talented than us. I remember the what comes to mind is the Texas State game. I mean, those guys were talented. We watched them on film and you know, the James Madison game too. A lot of the guys are talented, but, um, you know, I just felt like we just wore them down. We worked harder and worked longer. And I uh, was a huge reason why we were as successful as we were. Exactly. So what is your favorite big sky team or, or non big sky team that you played against? Um, you know, it was always, we, I, Weaver, we were an Eastern, um, but I think particular Weaver, it was always, that was always, a something that stuck in my mind, um, it was always a battle. Uh, I felt like we always had, you know, they always had good teams back when we played them. Um, so that was kind of, I think, I think Weaver would probably be the answer there. Okay, nice. In 2010, did you feel like you were underutilized? I know um, that was, I believe, your last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough coming in with a new coach, uh, run a different offense things like that. I mean, I, I truly, I believed in what we were doing in the previous years, you know, we're kind of a ground and pound um, yeah. in your face type of football. So, you know, to do that in playing two national championships and then, um, you know, not to say that that type of offense that we ran with um, in 2010, it, you know, it, it works in some places. I just honestly felt like it, you know, our team wasn't built for that. Um, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I didn't enjoy it a whole bunch, uh, because yeah. there were times that, you know, it's kind of a, it's a read offense. And, um, I always like to know that I'm getting the ball so I can, you know, just, it's just a different mindset. And, uh, you know, I, it was definitely frustrating. I, I would say underutilized a little bit. There's some times that I, I felt like I had run, you know, right up the middle without the ball and, and, you know, maybe the quarterback had pulled it or we had some type of, play action on it or something like that so um you know i just i just felt like i wasn't really built for that type of offense yeah definitely yeah that would be <laughs> really hard coming back from you know a ground and pound and then you know that read option where you have yeah. it you think you have the ball and pulls out yeah you. You're like, what in the world? <laughs> yeah <laughs> just tell me i'm getting the ball and i'll do whatever i got to but i can't i can't you know it's, it's tough running through they're not knowing 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 and it's you know by then and you're to the hole and it's it's just it's a little frustrating did you ever like ever like want to just like like dude like what are you doing like seriously (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, I wish, but <laughs> no, it was not not the way I was raised. So yeah. <laughs> so how how essential was it to have an O line like you had uh, the great O lines in '08 and '09? It's huge. I mean, like I said, I, I I mentioned it earlier. You know, I'm I'm a quarter of what that team did. I mean, that the front line they are they're the ones that, you know, they're in the trenches. I mean, they're working their butts off and, and, you know, unfortunately the guy with the ball gets all the glory, but you know, it's, I'm, I'm probably not half the running back if I don't have that line up there. Uh, they're a huge reason why I was so successful. Um, they're a huge reason why I've got the records that I've got or second places or whatever it may be. Um, hundred percent is, is because of those guys. Yeah. So in 2005, you carried the ball, I believe, for a record 38 times. Uh, how hard is that to do on your body? Well, I can tell you now I'm probably feeling it quite a bit. <laughs> At the time, I'm too young and stupid to figure it out. But, uh, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, gosh, a guy, you know, I wasn't very big. I was probably 190, 195 pounds maybe at my, my biggest Um and it takes a toll on you. I mean, there's, there's mornings where I woke up and, you know, I could barely walk coming out of the room and, you know, it take a few hours to kind of get my body going and get back in the weight room and kind of, you know, stretch them tendons out and get, get going again. But, um, you know, it's definitely, definitely something that I feel in my age now. I mean, I've, I've got, you know, shoulder need for shoulder problems and knee problems and, you know, still pretty young but i feel pretty old yeah so what was the if you don't mind me asking uh the worst injury that you kind of like played through um college or nfl uh college or nfl yeah um that i played through jeez well i played through every injury i had except for the ones i couldn't play through so um i think you know in college i i tore my ac joint pretty bad um although i i did play through that but that was probably my worst college injury um and then in the pros i tore my mcl and missed i think four games um and i tried like hell to go back out i i taped it up and put a brace on it and went in the locker room and had them do whatever they could and i went back out there and tried to run around and man i just I couldn't do it. Um, you know, I just felt like I just couldn't give it a hundred percent. So that was definitely my worst injury in the NFL. Um, you know, it took me out for a couple of weeks, which, which was tough for me because I didn't like missing games. Yeah, definitely. So when, when you're like injured college or pro, you know, does that kind of go in the back of your mind? Do you kind of worry about your spot? Do you probably more in the NFL where, you know, you're, if you're not a star player, you know, you're, yeah. you're able to be cut or whatnot, but is, is that a hard part about the NFL and also, you know, college, it happens as well, but not probably as much mm-hmm. when it's a star player. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you're always worrying about that. Uh, you know, if you're not playing, you're, you're basically useless. And I would say definitely in the NFL, I mean, a lot of guys don't know, but I mean, there's guys every week coming in and working out for your spot. So if you're not out on the field producing, you know, doing what you're there to be paid to be doing, 
they're going to find somebody else. So it's, it's stressful. You, you know, like I said, I, I mean, I played through lots of injuries because I didn't want anybody to know that I was hurt. Um, you know, and it's, it's kind of a, it's a catch 22 because you want to be at the, your highest level of performance, but when you're injured, you know, you can't. So it's like, you know, how do I still manage the pain and still play and still play at, you know, a high, high level at, you know, an 80% of your body being able to, to do it. So, um, you know, luckily I never had anything, you know, my, my bad injuries were bad enough where I couldn't fight through them. And, you know, it kind of, it depends on where you're at in your career. You know, my first two to three years, I mean, I, I, I fought through everything. I mean, I didn't want them to know that I was even hurting at all. And then, you know, once you kind of get established and you, you start to realize, okay, um, they know who I am. They know that I'm going to work to be back and they know that I'm going to do everything I can to be healthy and, and try to keep playing. There's a little less stress, but yeah, you know, when you're a new, when you're a new guy trying to make it, man, you're, you got to do everything you can. Yeah. Do you think uh, the 37 Jersey will ever make it back to the offense? Gotcha. You know, I don't know. It's, it's a pretty standard defensive guy. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I hope so. I guess, I, you know, nice to see the offense get that recognition and, and have somebody wear it, but um, you know, it might, it might take a while. Yeah, definitely. So I've heard, I've, I've interviewed um, past players and I've heard from many players of the leader that you were on and off the field. Um, what do you think makes a great leader? You know, oh, that's, that's nice of those guys to say about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, you know, there's lots of different attributes to, to what a leader is. You know, I've seen, I've seen lots of different leaders and, you know, I was, I guess if you want to call me a leader, I was, I was the quiet one. I mean, I, I didn't, you wouldn't hear me yelling too much or hollering or, or raising my voice, but I felt like my, my best characteristic characteristic of a leader was to lead by example. Um, you know, and I just felt like that was me showing up every day, working as hard as I could, you know, every day, not having a day off. Um, but I think just somebody that you can trust, you know, somebody that says they're going to do something and they do it. Um, guy that shows up every day, regardless of what went on that day. And, and ultimately he's, he's there to, to help the team, you know, and, and just the sacrifice that he'll make to, to uh, make the team a better overall team. And, and that's what I felt like I tried to do. I mean, like I said, I wasn't a rah, rah guy, um, but I, I showed up every day and I just tried to give it everything I had. So, yeah. Um, like I said, there's, there's lots of different leaders out there. And I, I, if, if I was to say what I was, that's probably what I felt I best could give to the team. So I, I know that you had, a, you have a family and I know you uh, had a family back when you played at UM. How hard was that to kind of have that separation between school and lifting and playing and then also kind of to have some sort of like of a family life as well. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, obviously you're, you're raising, you know, you get your, your, I was married with a, with one child at the time and, you know, not only just being a student athlete, but being a parent at home, 
um, yeah. you know, working, working extra hours, but it also, you know, it was also a benefit to me, I think being that type of, of parent as well, because I, I felt like having a family gave me kind of gave me the responsibility at home that carried over to my, to my college career as a, as a football player. Um, you know, and I was probably looking back, I was a little more grown up than most guys. Um, and just that responsibility that I had when I got home, I took that on the field with me to kind of be that, um, responsibility, you know, parent on the team. And, and maybe that's part of that leadership that I brought as well, but you know, it's, it's tough. I worked, you know, 80 hours a week during, during the summer to pay, you know, for groceries and, and daycare and stuff like that. And again, I, I look back and I think that's a huge reason why I was able to make it as far as I did is, is those responsibilities and the work ethic that it took to, to be, you know, to be able to be a student athlete and a, and a father and um, a husband and all that. So, you know, it worth work ethic, you know, I grew up, um, I'm a Montana guy. So uh, it, that mm-hmm. was preached to me at an early age. You work, you work harder, you know, I wasn't the, the faster, the strongest, so, you know, I had mm-hmm. to work, I used my brain. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, who was that passed down to you by? Um, was it something that your, your family passed down to you or that you learned at an early age? Yeah, definitely my father. I mean, he was, he is a hard worker and still is a hard worker and he instilled that in, in both my brother and I, you know, that if you want anything in life, you, you got to work for it. Um, you know, he got me my first job when I was in summer of my seventh grade year. And basically he said, if you want anything in life, you can go to work and get it. And, uh, you know, he's, it always raised us to be, you know, hard workers. Nothing was ever given to us. And, you know, probably similar to, to how you were, how you were raised, you know, there's, yeah there's no handouts. And if you want something, you better go fight for it. So that was something that started at a young age. And, you know, I just happened to, to have a father that, that pushed me and and believed in me. And uh, like I said, just taught me that, that life is all about how you handle it. And, you know, like I said, if you want anything, you can go get it for yourself. Yeah. So I believe in 2007, you were moved from running back to wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Did, how, how was that? Like, was that hard to kind of grasp that, <laughs> that moving from running back to wide receiver? Yeah, it was awful. Um, <laughs> I remember being moved and, and honestly, the first thought that went into my mind was, Oh man, I guess if they're going to move me to wide receiver, then I'll just be the best wide receiver that ever came yeah. out of the university. And I'm just going to work hard try to be good you know and and I had decent hands it wasn't like I was I was terrible I mean I was a decent wide receiver but I wasn't built as a wide receiver so honestly I think the the benefits of going there and learning you know the ins and outs of the routes and you know certain aspects of what a wide receiver does I think it was really beneficial to my move back to to running back um but it's funny I talked to a couple guys that played wide receiver when I when I got moved back there and they're like, man, I, we don't even know what you were doing as a wide receiver. You clearly weren't a wide receiver. And we're really happy that you got moved back to running back. And I'm like, Thanks, well, guys. Too, obviously. So, yeah, but it was, it's just funny to listen to those guys talk about it. And it wasn't 
I just wasn't could've, meant to be a wide receiver. They could have told you that like beforehand to give you like some subtle hints of like what to do better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. I wasn't much help there. Like, what are you doing here? Aren't you a running back? <laughs> <That's all. laughs> nice. So, you know, you kind of touched on this. Did you gain anything from that, from playing wide receiver? And I believe you played special teams that year as well. Did What did you gain from that that helped you have the amazing following season at running back in 2008? Yeah, like I mentioned, I think just, you know, route-wise and and being able to be, you know, the more developed you are as a football player, as a, I guess, as a student of the game, the more you bring to the game. And, And that was just another chapter in my book that I brought to my running back to a, to an athlete on the field was, you know, now I just added to my, um, in my weapons, you know, it was what I learned from there. I, I took on and used in the, in the backfield, you know, running routes, catching the ball. Um, and then special teams too. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't, wasn't a huge special teams guy back in college. Um, I played my red shirt freshman year, I guess is what you'd call it, you know, and, and I wasn't even on all the special teams, but, you know, I look back at my NFL career and go, man, that's where I made my money. And that's why I played six years. And, you know, I look at, I look back in college and, you know, thankfully I was, I was talented enough, I guess, to, to go on and play at the next level um, and not know much about special teams and be able to pick it up so fast in the NFL and be able to adapt and and play. Cause you know, if, if it wasn't for me being able to play special teams, I would have never made it six years in the NFL. So um, I don't know. Anybody listening, I would say learn special teams. I mean, if you have any interest in going on and playing, I don't care if you're a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, a defensive guy, that it is so it is such an important aspect of the game, you know, and obviously I learned that my first year in the NFL. And the more I could do, the more, you know, it was harder for them to get rid of you. So, I, uh, shoot, I, I love special teams now, and I love watching it and love what it's about. Nice, nice, yeah. So, you know, coming from, you know, small town Montana from Drummond, did you kind of come in with a chip on your shoulder uh, into the University of Montana? Very much. I think that's a, you know, I believe in that that little chip on your shoulder gives you an extra edge. Um, And I did. I mean, I was from a small school, and lots of people told me that, you know, I, I couldn't make it. I wasn't big enough. I wasn't strong enough wasn't fast enough. Um, you know, I was raising a, raising a kid and was married. I mean, I just, everything in, in, in the odds were against me and, um, people weren't afraid to, to tell me that, you know, at a, at an 18 year old kid being told all that stuff. I, you know, I found it within myself to just, you know, prove them wrong. And, and I think that's a, you know, it, that's, I feel like what's carried me through college and same thing with the NFL. I mean, somebody sits there and tells you, you can't do something. You know, my my answer to them was, you know, watch me and and, and yeah. I'll prove I'll prove you wrong. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know that that's going to happen to you your whole life. <laughs> You're going to have somebody saying yeah, something that you can't for do. Sure. So. <laughs> yep. so, do you have a, a favorite moment in your career at the University of Montana? Um. Oh, geez. You know, I would say probably probably one of them was the ab state game. Um, it's hard when you're in the, in the moment and you're, you know, you get so caught up in being, you know, 
I, I approached football as a job and, and I was there to do a job and we were there to win a game. And a lot of the times you get so caught up in doing your job that you forget to look around and realize what you're doing and where you're at. And um, there was one moment in that game where the snow started kind of coming down, the lights were on. And I looked, I remember looking up and just thinking to myself, man, this is awesome. Like yeah. <laughs> here, here we are, right. Lights and snow and, you know, semifinal game. And, you know, so there was a few times throughout my life that, that moments like that happened. And, and um, like I said, they're far and few between. I probably, I probably didn't take enough time to enjoy everything that was going on, but I, I do remember that one. That game was so awesome. Like I, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, my best friend, we went up and we went to that game. We were for, I'm from Laurel. So we drove and okay. we went through, uh bozeman and i actually got pulled over <laughs> and we're all on our grid stuff and we're like i'm like oh yeah this is oh not, I'm, I'm totally gonna get a ticket i'm totally gonna get a ticket yeah. the guy was nice and my we had some like donuts my best friend was like hey you should offer him a donut i'm like i'm not gonna offer a cop a donut. i'm gonna i want to get to this game i don't want to get yeah jealous. no kidding uh, but yeah he was he was nice enough to let us on by but yeah it was awesome. it was a funny awesome game and and one that i'll remember forever so yeah for sure so do you have a favorite play you know favorite run play that you while you're at at um that you liked the best um i mean i was a fan of power just that's you know pulling guards straight down um but there was also a play we called it was called a five two it was an inside bounce so it was an inside zone play and then you the fullback bounced it outside and then I followed him outside. And so it kind of basically was designed to um, counteract our uh, inside zone and suck the linebackers inside. And then we'd bounce it out and get them caught inside. And um, I remember the play quite a bit because we ran it. I think we installed it. it might have been late sophomore year or, or late junior year. I can't quite remember when, but um, it was actually the play I scored on it in the James Madison game. And there's also a run, oh, I can't remember. I think it was versus um, Arizona. Our, 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 uh, Arizona? What's, their, what's that? No, yeah, Northern, Northern Arizona. Yeah, where um, I, it's, it's on one of the highlight plays where I kind of bounce it outside and I'm getting tackled and I ended up breaking through and running for a touchdown. Um, but I felt like every time we ran it, I scored a touchdown. So that was um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> is a yeah right let's run that play that works all the time yeah that works yeah so and you're you know you were uh not drafted uh coming from uh montana you landed in seattle um and mm-hmm. for a while and then to the rams uh you found a spot and you stayed there for for a while how hard is it to have that resiliency you know to bump from a team to a team to maybe be even undrafted and just to keep on going. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. You know, you're, you're, I guess for me though, it was, so I got the call to go to Seattle, which I'm super pumped. You know, I, I mean, you've been, you're undrafted. I hadn't got one phone call. Uh, we're like three weeks into, into camp. Um, and I get a call from Seattle and they fly me out there run me through a workout so I'm all jacked up right and then the guy comes in and he's like hey listen bud 
don't get your hopes up. He's like, you're just here. He's here. He's just, you're here for a favor. And in fact, that's, this was before I even did my workout. Oh no. So I'm, I'm like, what, what am I? So I'm just down in the dirt, right? Like, what do you guys even do? Why am I here wasting my time? Um, anyways, I don't remember who it was, but they, they had told me that, that, uh, basically I was there on a favor for some coach that knew some coach. So, mm-hmm. so I was like, all right, man, just let's get this workout mm-hmm. done. And, and, uh, Get, I want to get out of here and get home. So we go through the workout, you know, and, and I remember in the middle of it, the coach is like, hey, you want to take a break? And obviously I'm, I was just, I was pissed off. And I said, no, <laughs> I'm good. Let's, let's just, let's get through this thing, you know? And anyways, so after the workout, you know, they're, they're up. I sat in this meeting room for like two hours. And I'm oh, like, gosh, it can't be that hard. Just come down and tell me I'm going home. Right. You guys already told me that. So anyways, the coach comes down and he's like, hey, He's like, we were really impressed with you. Um, he's like, your work ethic, just the way – he's like, he didn't even take a break. And I'm like, well, yeah, because you, know, you guys pissed me <laughs> off, right? But ultimately, that was, I think that was a reason why I made the team. They, they're just like – he's like, you're, you're, you're prepared and you're ready. And he's like, you just – you did everything we asked and you did it, you know. And so they ended up signing me and then played a week and – Anyways, that you know, it was had a meeting and and Coach Carroll says, "Hey, you're just not the guy we're looking for." And you know, great. I mean, that's you know, that's part of it. I was able to go work out, and again, I mean, I did everything possible that I could to, uh, you know, I was prepared and ready for the opportunity. And anyways, I got cut, and they brought me down to um, St. Louis, and uh, had a workout there. And in fact, I didn't work out there. I got off the plane. They they said, "Go get your gear and, and run out to practice." I was like, wow, this is this is odd because I make the team, or like you you want me to go practice and then go home? Like I don't know what's even going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, just that it's tough. And and I'll tell you, the hardest part was when I ended up going through training camp, you know, and and they ended up cutting me back for practice squad. And you know, I was there for a week, and then they cut me for a week, and then they brought me back for a couple of days, and then they cut me. And at that point, you know, it was my wife and my two kids and, um, you know, we didn't, I didn't know what was going on. I hadn't heard anything and that's tough because we moved our whole family down um, and we're there and, and uh, shoot there, to be honest with you, there was a, there was a time where I, I was done. I called it quits. My wife and I were going to move home. We were going to pack the bags the next day and, and go home and, um, I'm not kidding you. They called me at eight o'clock in the morning when I was walking out the door to go get boxes and uh, asked me to come back on the practice squad. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm just like, I'm done. I'm, I, don't even want, I don't even want to do this anymore. You know, I'm going to go home and, make, and start a living and raise my family. And anyways, I went and that was the last time. So it was, uh, yeah, there was definitely stressful times in my life, but you know, I think that's what, that's what makes us who we are. Yeah. So why did why did you go back though? If you did you did you you wanted to play in the NFL, but it was hard on your family. But why was the reason that you kind of uh, I'll give it one more shot? Um, you know, I guess it was timing. I mean, okay. we my wife and I had prayed about it, and actually, so I I was cut for a little over a month, and I think after three weeks, um, I was like, this is we're done. You know, I'm like I'm done. I'm not going back, and then. Like I said, we, we kind of prayed about it and we said, you know what, let's give it one more week. And at the end of that week, 
let's just, let's go home. And so that, like I said, that next day that I was going to get boxes was the last day. And so I felt like it was just, you know, God kind of nudging me saying, Hey, (laughs) you know, you're walking out the door to go get boxes, but here you are getting a phone call. So, you know, this is, this is all going to strengthen you in the end. And, and, you know, if it would have, if it would have been the next day and we were driving home, I, I probably wouldn't have turned around, but the fact that, you know, I was, I was still there and walking out my door to, to go get them was kind of a, you know, just a, just enough nudge to know that it was, it was time to go back. Well, that's, that's cool that, you know, it was a kind of like a sign and, and yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yep. So like you said, the, the consistent signing and, and releasing, that was a, a, a mental fatigue more than I could probably handle. What was, <laughs> was that comparable to your, your first OTAs or in preseason or, or what was like, a, what was a OTA in preseason like? Um, so OTAs is a little less stressful um, just because there's more guys on the roster um, so you're kind of there and you know, you know, unless you're just terrible, you're, you're probably going to be there and they're going to sign you through to training camp and all that. Um, and, and OTAs is more of a, I mean, you're in shorts and, you know, not that you're not working hard, but you're not grinding and you're not, you know, you're not expected that they're not cutting guys every, every day. Um, so it's a little less stressful in, in OTAs. Um, but once you hit training camp, that's, I mean, that's when the stress really starts. You start cutting guys. I mean, they start, you know, they're, the object for them is to find the best, you know, 53 players in the world. I mean, that is literally their job. Is is And so when you think about it and you got, you know, 90 guys to start, they're always looking for that next, that person that's, that's better than you, that's, you know, and they always think they can find it. So they're flying guys in all the time, cutting guys they think aren't as good. Um, so it's just a, it's a constant rotation of, of players that they're trying to, to find the best of the best. And, um, you know, you see them, they fly in, they work out right next to you and, and you got to do your best to hang on and stick around. Did you, did you make it through a preseason without um, the the team cutting you or was, um, I believe you didn't, uh, st louis or los angeles yeah so after so after my after my first two years then i i never got i never got cut again um my first year i think i got cut five times my second year i got cut once and that was they got to cut you the last preseason game and bring you back on practice squad okay um so that was that was it that year and then and then from there i played uh, four years and and never got cut again. So, how is that pretty that, cool. that feeling? You know that you did, you made it and you're not getting cut. You know it, it has to feel like you've accomplished something. Yeah, I mean that's that's what we set off to do. And and you know I'll never forget the first time after training. I was I was sitting in my special teams coach and we we're watching film and um, Jeff Fisher was the was the coach. And I'd been sitting there watching film, and anytime you see a head coach during this time, it's basically like <laughs> you pretty much want to walk the other way. <laughs> He's either coming to tell you that you're you didn't make it, or you know it's just it's just not something you want to see. So I'm sitting in there watching film, and and Jeff walks in and says, "How you doing?" I said, "Well, I'm doing good." 
And so he starts talking to the special teams coach, and he's going, you know, so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. And he gets ready to leave, and he's like, hey, congratulations, you made the team. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And he walked out, and I was like, huh. And I turned around to my special teams coach, and, and he was just, I mean, he, we called him Bones. He was the, he was the coolest coach I've ever had. Um, he just looks at me and just ear-to-ear grin, man. He's like so excited, and I'm so excited. <laughs> It was just a pretty – it was pretty cool. Nice, nice. Did you, like, jump up and down, or did you just like, oh, okay, let's get back to work? Like, Well, I was with my special teams coach, so I played okay. it pretty cool. And I'm pretty sure I left, and then, I'm, then I was all jacked up. But it's like – I mean, he, he knew how hard I had worked and what it meant to me. So, I mean, we, we, we definitely shared a special moment and, you know, was pretty excited, but didn't uh, – I wasn't out of control, so – that's awesome. That's awesome. Do you have a uh, welcome to the NFL moment that you were like, realize, oh, wow, I'm actually in the NFL? <laughs> yeah, well, there's two different things. There's a welcome to the NFL where you're like, these guys are big and I just got <laughs> crushed. And then there's that, welcome to the NFL. I can't believe I made it. So, I mean, I do have both. First one, it was basically, it was a preseason game and and it was uh, in St. Louis, and I remember getting tackled, and uh, I got tackled so hard there was about three guys that landed on me and, and basically busted my face mask, and it was sideways, oh. but it was still attached to my helmet. And again, at this point, I'm like, well, I'm not leaving. I just got, I just got out here. I am not, I'm not coming off the field. And uh, I remember looking out my face mask, and it was just like my equilibrium was off just a little bit because my face mask was tilted and I'm sitting back there and the plays were about ready to stay hot. And I'm like, man, I cannot see. And finally, right at the last second, my eyes get adjusted to it. and I can see, um, but that's kind of my welcome to the NFL. And then, <laughs> um, you know, probably, I don't know that the second one, you know, like I said, there's uh there's those little moments in your life where you, you take, you stop and you take a moment. Um, and I have to say this was in Kansas city. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, but we were down there playing and, and I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to that stadium, but it is one of the loudest stadiums I've ever played in. Yeah. I've heard um, that. Yeah, it is. And, and they were doing their little cheer and whatnot. And I just remember kind of doing the same thing, looking up and I mean, the crowd was just going wild and they were screaming. I'm like, man, this is, I'm here. Like I'm, I'm doing it. I'm playing, I'm on the field. And, uh, you know, just one of those moments. So you played, you know, in Seattle and you played in Kansas City. And those, you know, are always brought up as, you know, the two loudest stadiums in the NFL. Which one of those did you think was louder? You know, I think I think Arrowhead was louder um, from my experience when we were playing. I mean, Seattle's an awesome place to play. And, uh, you know, it's it's loud, too. And uh I don't, I'm sure you've probably heard this, but it's uh, to me it's Arrowhead, Seattle, and then Washington Grizzly. Okay, so There's, Washington yeah. Grizzly Stadium was is pretty comparable to the NFL stadiums then. Yes, yes. I mean, and it's funny because we got twenty some thousand, and they have, I think Arrowhead holds like eighty or yeah ninety. So it's pretty awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So did you ever get, you know, initiated as a rookie? No, not really. That's, 
you know, it happens some places and some teams, but we, you know, Steven Jackson was, was my guy when I got there and um, super cool guy. Same with Marshawn Lynch. You know, there just wasn't, I, I never dealt with that. Oh, that's cool. That's nice. Yeah. Who was, who was the player, you know, you played either against or with that was like, just like the freakiest athlete that you ever played with or played against? Um, well, most of them, <laughs> um, <laughs> all of them. No. Uh, well, so Aaron Donald, uh, freaking nature, Robert Quinn, um, Trying to think who else. I mean, a lot of those, a, a lot of those D linemen, are are specimens. Steven Jackson's another one. I mean, he's he's probably the first guy that I ever saw where I like was like, man, this dude, he's got muscles on top of muscle. I mean, he was just a specimen, and and, and I remember looking at him going, geez, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, those those three definitely stand out. Nice, nice. Now, did you ever have to tackle uh, Marshawn Lynch? No, I never did. Okay, okay. <laughs> he, he, I don't. Th- he never played special teams. No, no, I didn't know if you, you know, at practice or anything like that, that you, you had to tackle or anything like that. So, but... you know, that's a good question. I, I don't know. Maybe in practice, I probably would have <laughs> done something, but no, not to my knowledge. How is it to play for a franchise? Because I believe you played in St. Louis and then you went to L.A. How is it to move, to play for a franchise that moves cities? You know, it was tough. It was it was tough to see the fans of St. Louis. And, um, you know, honestly, we found out we were moving from the news, um, which is pretty crazy as oh, players. Really? Yeah, nobody knew. I mean, there was speculation that we were going to move, but it wasn't until the 7 o'clock news <laughs> that I heard that we were leaving. So... Um, it was a little stressful. I mean, you know, yeah. we, we, as a, as a family, we had, you know, I think at that time we had three kids. Um, so it wasn't just that we were moving with the team and we got to find doctors and we got to find, uh, schools and we got to find daycares and we got to find a place to live and a place that's, you know, got to raise our kids. So that aspect was, was definitely much, much more stressful than, you know, just being a, a single guy you know, move into the new sweet city of, of LA. Um, so it, it, it's tough, you know, and like I said, I felt bad for the, for the fans and the people that we had met, uh, in St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. That would have to be rough. Mm-hmm. How was your first year playing in LA? Um, it was, it was cool. I mean, you know, on the, on the other hand of it being a pain to move, I mean, now we're, now we're practicing in 70 degree weather. The beach is right there. We got a pool in the backyard. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a different lifestyle and and it's enjoyable. It's not something I'd want to, you know, raise my kids in forever, but it was cool to be there for the time that we were there. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the people and, and uh, the places we got to see. And um, yeah, it was definitely a, a, a cool chapter that we could add to our story. Nice. You know, your story is kind of amazing, you know, going from Drummond, you know, I believe eight-man football to the University Mm -hmm. of Montana, you know, a town of, I don't know, maybe three, is it 350 people in Drummond? You know, there's probably less than 300. I don't know, 280. Yeah. To making it to the NFL, um, you know, 
hard work, determination, what else got you to, to that point? Um, you know, those, I mean, those two things are huge. I, I, I firmly believe that, you know, the harder you work and, and the more you can put your head down and, and, and just have a work ethic. I mean, that's, that's 90% of life. And, you know, just so happened to be that that was a game that I played and, and, and my hard work took me to the next level, you know, um, a lot of perseverance, a lot of hard work and, and determination. And, you know, a, a lot of it was my, you know, my dad, I, I, I contribute a lot to him on, on how he raised me. And, um, he just always taught me to, to be the best that I could be. And, and, you know, like I, I tell people all the time, I tell kids, my dream was never when I was in, in high school, it was never to go play college football. And when I was in college, it was never to go play in the NFL. I mean, sure. I had thoughts of it like, wow, it'd be awesome if I could play in the NFL. I mean, every little kid wants to, but I didn't wake up every day telling myself, okay, I'm going to be an NFL player or I'm going to be a college football player. I literally just woke up every day, went to work, went to practice and just worked as hard as I could that day. And it was just a consistency of, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we'd play on Friday and then it would start all over. And I was, I would always just do what I had to do that day to be the best. And same thing in college. I mean, I never, I never got up and, and was like, I'm going to work hard today because I'm going to be an NFL player. I mean, it's just the way that I was born and bred was just to go work hard. And in the end, if you make a decision on what you want to do, that hard work is going to carry you through anything that you want to be successful at. Um, so, I mean, I just, you know, coming from a small town, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I contribute a lot to just working hard and, and, uh, being being the guy that you could depend on yeah exactly exactly well and i i I would have to say that you know your support network you know i your wife i have to give a shout out to your wife because i bet you she she's probably you know raising three kids and and having a husband you know that's playing a a professional sport you know i don't know but it that had to be hard um so I give her props. That has to be a hard, yeah. a hard life. Oh, so. For sure. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, she's, you know, luck. I got lucky and, and found her when I was, you know, we're high school sweethearts and, and uh, she's known me through all the good and bad. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for her, I surely would not even be where I'm at today. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. how was it to play for Jeff Fisher? Yeah, it was great. I mean, Jeff is is there for you. Uh, you know, he's not a, he's not, you know, some of them NFL coach, it's pretty, it's a pretty cutthroat business. Um, but Jeff really, you know, he takes into account on, on what the players, I mean, he knows that we're, we're people and we have families and he really cares about the individuals. And, um, you know, I, I, I think the world of Jeff, I think he's a great person and a phenomenal coach and, um, was definitely blessed to have him for the years that I had him. Nice. What was the biggest difference between, you know, your college career and your NFL career? Um, well, the money <laughs> <laughs> pays a little better. Um, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know that and you know, I kind of touched on it earlier. The the one thing about the NFL that's different about college is in college, 
you're a bunch of young guys fighting for each other. Um, and you lose that when you get to the NFL. I mean, maybe some of the great, great teams have that, but you, you know, when you start adding money into a game and you start adding that level of importance to a person, you know, I mean, this guy's worth 30 million and all of a sudden he's not going to dive out in front of everybody to try to catch this ball. That's uncatchable. You know, you start to lose that war mentality of, you got my back, I got yours. And, you know, I, I kind of touched on it earlier, but that was something so special in college to, to me was that, you know, if, if I always use the the saying, you know, if, if, if I'm going to war, I know these guys, you know, in the locker room got my back. I mean, 100%, I'm, every single one of them is going to be there for me. And you lose that in the NFL. You know, you you don't quite, you know, you're not, those aren't the guys you're going to want to take in a dark alley with you, you know, you're not sure if they're in it for you or them or what, but, uh, you know, that's, that to me is probably the biggest difference, uh, yeah. between the two. How hard is it go to go from, you know, starting star running back in college to special teams? Is that a hard transition? No, not at all. I mean, is it hard as though I'm used to being the star player or, um, yeah, well, I was just trying to trying to see if if it was hard, you know, going from that star role to to the NFL where yeah. it's more special teams, or where you're like, hey, it's it's a paycheck as well. So yeah. I'm mean, I'm mean, no. really matter. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's a great question, and, and and to be honest with you, I mean you look at a lot of these guys that are drafted, um, you know, particularly when I was playing, you know, there was these high draft picks that would come in and, um never make a team. I mean, you're talking number one, number two, number three draft picks, and they struggle to make a team. And then you got a guy like me that comes in and yeah, I struggled a little bit, but I stuck it out for six years and my ability to adapt and do whatever I needed to do. I knew going in that I wasn't the number one guy. I knew going into college, I wasn't the number one guy. And that was something that I had always been okay with. I don't, I don't deserve whatever I've done in the past. I don't, I don't deserve anything. You know, I don't deserve to come in and, and, and be the number one guy, the number two guy. I mean, I've always believed that, you know, no matter what, I just need to work hard. And I think that's the biggest problem with a lot of these kids. A lot of these kids that come out of high school um, and go on to play college football and, and, you know, they're phenomenal, phenomenal high school athletes. And then they go to college and they're just another average athlete. Um yeah. And that, that mindset of always always willing to, to work and work harder and not be satisfied, I think a lot of us, a lot of kids lose that. And they that, um, that pedestal kind of feeling of, oh, I'm not the man anymore. Like, I don't know how to handle it. Well, I was never the man anyway, so it didn't matter to me. I got here, I was, a, I was the same old, I mean, same old kid that I was and, I never expected anything, never deserved anything. And um, I think everything's earned. And so it was no different than me. I mean, I just showed up and had worked my way up to the top, just like, you know, normal life. So, yeah, I think that's hard yeah. for, you know, high school kids, you know, that are these four or five star or even with basketball, these AAU teams that, you know, they're, they're the, you know, yep. the next Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Like I can't imagine uh, what they go through and just like the, you know, what they have to go through with, 
you know, not yeah. making it or, or making it or, you know, it, it right. really would the, have the to mental, be. Yeah. Yeah. The mental part of the game. I mean, these kids are, you know, unfortunately their parents and these te- and these coaches, you know, they probably fill their heads full of, you know, of, uh, wishes and, and, you know, things they can't control. And so these kids come in thinking they're already the man and, you know, lo and behold, they get shut out and, and get pushed aside and, and, uh, they struggle with it, which it's, it's sad. So, yeah. What is the hardest thing about playing in the NFL? Oh, well, you're basically competing with the top 1% of the, of the world. So that's, you know, I mean, it's a, it's, I guess for me, it was always, I never could take a day off because I was afraid to, to slip. You know, I was afraid that I wasn't as, I, if I wasn't working hard, then I was, I was going backwards. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's six years of that it takes a toll on you to always be worrying if somebody else is working harder or if you're doing enough or if you're, you know, there's something else I could be doing. Um, you know, you're always competing against the top 1%. So never could take a day off because I was afraid that I'd, I'd slip and, and not be good enough. Do you ever kind of realize that you're part of the 1%? No, I'd never. <laughs> I think I, I don't think I am. I think I suck in. <laughs> but you played like man, like that's just amazing to me. Like you played in the NFL, like like that's just awesome. So yeah, well, like I said, man, I don't do a good job of of thinking back like that. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome. I I loved it. I enjoyed it, and, and you know, I I had some great times. Awesome. How different is a locker room? You know, I know they're a lot bigger, but how was a, a locker room at you know you know the University of Montana compared to the NFL? You mean just style wise, or, or like style wise, and just like you know culture wise? You know, I I've yeah. always said you know I love how locker rooms are. You know, especially college, uh-huh. like it's different backgrounds, people yeah. coming from different you know entities and you're all there for a common purpose there's no hatred there's no there's just a common purpose you're there together i just wish you know the whole world was more like a locker room right (laughs) oh man i could i'll tell you what if that would save all it would it would solve all the world problems man because i mean in locker rooms regardless where you go they are all the same and you got you know you got different colors and different ethnicities and i mean you got so much but yet you're fighting for one you know one goal and and i mean if the general public could could see what goes on in those locker rooms and and watch us you know talk to each other and how we interact with each other and and you know how we can go at each other's throats on the field and come in and be best friends in the locker room i mean that's it is it's the ultimate place for for people to you know, I always look at, at myself now and, you know, in the jobs that I do now and I go, you know, if I, if I said half the things that I said in those locker rooms to the people of the general public, they would, they would execute me. And, <laughs> but those guys were, they were my best friends and they still are, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's, it's such a cool, I don't know, uh, just a place to, to be able to be and spend so much time. And, you know, obviously long lasting relationships with those guys that, that you, that you find and you get, um, you know, it's, it's, 
I wish everybody could could uh, be a part of it and and see what goes on in there. But it's a special place. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, if you had to pick one, you know, you you've played. Have you have you played every every team in the NFL? Um, gosh, I I want to say I haven't played the Steelers. Um, that might be the only team. No, I'd have to think about it, but I'm pretty sure I have played asked you which which fan base was the most annoying. So it could probably couldn't pick <laughs> the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I'd say well, it'd have to be this the Seahawks, just because and I respect this guy. He sits and he hassles every single person. There's one dude that sits right outside our locker room. And I mean, I'm not kidding you, there's a hundred people that walk out of there and he hassles every single one of them coming in coming out and uh one year i stopped and i i I just said something back to him and um it wasn't anything it wasn't mean or nothing but i kind of chirped back at him and then he said something to me and then he said i like you man you're you know you got (laughs) spirit and character and i was like hey dude i was like i i love what you're doing here i said i think it's phenomenal your you know your spirit and passion is 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 cool. So we chatted for a couple minutes, but you know, he was just one of those guys. He wasn't scared to say anything. And, uh, I mean, he just loved it. He loved the game and he, he loved sitting there hassling players. Nice. Nice. You know, what is the best NFL stadium that you played in? Um, Oh geez. Well, as far as I, Texas was pretty cool just cause they got that big screen in there. Um, you know, it's kind of a, it's different than any stadium I've ever played in because it's more of a amusement park, I guess. But um, yeah, I'd probably have to say that one for now. Yeah, that one's just huge. Holy cow! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you follow the Grizz much um, nowadays. You know, with with kiddos and in and, and businesses and stuff. But do you follow the Grizz much these these days? Yeah, I try to. I try to keep up. You know, I don't get to make it to, to too many games or get to watch too many. But, you know, I, especially with Bobby being back and uh, a couple of the guys I played with are coaching. So I try to keep up um, and pay attention to what's going on. Nice. Have you been able to raise the uh, 37 flag that they raise uh, during games or before the games? Yes, I did. I did that, uh, gosh, probably two or three years ago. So yeah, that was it was pretty neat. It's a cool little tradition they got going on. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, do you see yourself getting into coaching someday? Um, I don't think anything above maybe high school or or you know younger. I've coached my son for he's in high school now, but um, you know, I coached him since he was probably in fourth grade. Uh, coached him in football and basketball and and. Uh, soccer when he was little and then um coached him in baseball and then i coach my daughter in basketball right now so i'm definitely involved but i don't i don't see myself getting at any high level uh just because of you know i I do have three kids and spend a lot of time with them you know at home and, and i think coaching you know it's kind of a i was around the game for a long time and i'm just not i'm not passionate about coaching at that next level 
Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Definitely for a family, you know, for yeah, how much time you, you spend out of it and stuff. So, yep. you know, as, as a former player, you know, the Grizz are, are supposed to be playing a spring season. What are your thoughts on, on playing a spring season? <laughs> I think it's terrible. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I think they should have played, uh, when when the FCS and all those guys started playing, you know, I think it's, I don't know, I think it's ridiculous if they think they can put together a season in the in the springtime and then somehow play in the fall as well. I just don't see it logistically working. Uh, I know I wouldn't want to play in the spring as a player um, and then try to go play a whole fall season. So, I don't know. I think it's unfortunate for you know, the players of, in, in any level, high school, professional, well, not so much professional, but college, um, you know, I think sports are such a, and not just because I played, but I think there's such a special production of, of life skills that, yeah. you know, you're not just taking away a game, you're taking away some of these kids' outlet in life, you're taking away some of the um, teaching moments, I mean, you know, to me, sports are much more than, than a game that we play. I mean, I truly think they are, you know, I mean, they're, they're a, a life, 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 life skills. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I think they're much more important than, than people probably think they are. And, and I think they're an important aspect in life and for people not to be able to, you know, play the sport or or try to move it and then end up losing the entire season i mean something you can never ever get back i mean sports or you can go play you know intramurals or whatever or you know beer league baseball or whatever but you're never you know once once you're done once you're done playing football you, you, you never you never get to have that chance again yeah i just don't understand like missoula that area it, in January and February, it, it's pretty cold. And, yeah. you know, Montana doesn't have an inside facility. I don't know how they're going to practice. I don't – without getting someone seriously hurt, you know. Yeah, it's, it's not. Just, it's a – it was a joke, I think. And, and I don't know. I'll be I'll be shocked if it, if it happens. Yeah. Do you think that, that, that it's coming – if they do play any games – in the spring, like the turnaround would to play a fall season. H- how long would you say a, a player needs to have to, you know, rehab and do, you know, your, your, pre- your postseason um, workouts to get ready for a next se- the next season? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you need some, I definitely think you need a month or two to, to regain, but it's not even that it's, it's, you know, you can be ready to play, you know, you can have a month month off and be ready to play, but it's the toll of the season that takes that your body takes. And that's what I don't think people understand. It's, Oh, how, what do you mean? You can't be ready in a month or, you know, if they play, I don't even know, honestly, I don't even know when they're going to start and finish to be honest with you. But if they tried to play a season and then you get two, three months off and then you try to go play another season. I mean, that's, that's, it's compounding on top of each other. And, you know, I just, playing as long as I played it's important to have those you know for the head for the body for everything to have a certain amount of time off to let everything heal and then after healing come back and start that process over 
and get prepared for the season. I mean, it's not it's not something you just, you know, take a month off, feel good, and then you get back to work. I mean, it's a, you know, it's, it's a brutal game. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think um, uh, Bobby will, will get the team back to what it was when you were there? I think so. And I hope so. I mean, I think he's the right guy to do it. Um, You know, his, his, uh, the way he approaches the game, I think is what they need. Uh, You know, a little accountability and, um, you know, weight room, stuff like that. I think it's just a combination. I think he's the right guy for the job. I mean, obviously I played underneath him for, you know, a few years and, and I believe in his system and I believe in his, you know, coaching um, philosophies. So I hope so. I hope he brings it back. Nice. Do you stay in contact with some of your uh, former players that you played with at Montana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good friends with a, a handful of them that we, you know, my class and a few upperclassmen. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, it's, you know, you, you you build a strong bond with these guys and I mean, you spend hours and hours and hours a day with them, you know, fighting and trying to play a game and win. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's a handful of us still live in Missoula that we get together quite often. Awesome. That's cool. Hey, Chase, I definitely, I appreciate it. That was my last question. I appreciate you okay. coming on and, and spending some time with me and uh, just really value you and, and just appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. I, I enjoyed being yeah, on. And that's going to do it for another episode of Fight on Montana. I would like to thank my guest, Chase Reynolds, for coming on and spending some time with us and answering his questions about uh, his career at the University of Montana and also in the NFL. I'd like to thank the listener for listening and continuing to support this podcast. Uh, I would like to let listeners know that to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, that greatly, greatly uh, appreciate you guys doing that as well. And until the next time, fight on.